Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome to Made by Women by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. At a moment when businesses face some of the biggest challenges in recent history, we bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and shared learnings to help you successfully navigate in today's environment. I'm Kim Azzarelli, and thanks so much for joining us today. Vaccines are on everyone's mind these days. And when we think about vaccines, we think needles. But what if needles aren't the best way to deliver vaccines? One innovative company has developed a needle-free injection technology that's being used around the world to vaccinate against polio, measles, and the flu. Heather Potters and her company, PharmaJet, are looking to take needles out of the equation. PharmaJet's needle-free devices eliminate needle stick injuries, needle reuse, and cross-contamination, and they help reduce Sharp's waste disposal. They're also faster and easier to use. I met Heather through Springboard Enterprises, an organization that for 20 years has worked to accelerate the growth of women-led companies through access to essential resources and experts. I sat down with Heather to discuss what it's like to disrupt an industry and how COVID has made needle-free injections even more essential. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. It's really exciting to be able to share some of our story with you. Just to get started, tell us a little bit about PharmaJet. Well, it's a needle-free technology, and we essentially form a fast fluid injection that goes into your body in less than about a tenth of a second, so faster than your nervous system can respond. And this fine fluid stream is less than the size of two human hairs. So uh, maybe, you know, by uh, analogy is like uh, Star Trek, right? A little bit of magic, but we're able to flood the muscle or the subcutaneous tissue with one of our devices and with the other one, the intradermal tissue. Um, so it it's push and click. Anybody can do it. And we take needles out of the equation so that we can get rid of needle stick and hazards and waste and, and risk there. 
Well, I think anybody listening to this show, given the context that we're all living through right now, really appreciates what you're trying to accomplish and what you have accomplished. And I can't wait to get more into it. But before we do, tell us a little bit about your personal background. Did you always know you wanted to start a company? Was this sort of in your blood? Well, you know, it's funny because I have a number of family members who are healthcare professionals of all different kinds. And I think by osmosis, you know, I, I was always interested in, in science and biology and things. I actually ended up having a career in private equity after I finished business school in 1991 when the wall came down. I moved to Warsaw, Poland, and I was part of an experiment that essentially was hatched by President Bush Sr. and the chairman of Bear Stearns and chairman of Dylan Reed. So kind of good Republican, good Democrat, and Congress voted to allocate funding to create closed-end investment funds to support the private sector development in a place that really virtually had no private sector. So it was an exciting time. And over a period of about 20 years, I was um, responsible for three closed-end funds and uh, eventually regional. Um, So we covered up to 18 countries, although we only probably did, did deals in about half of them. But it was wonderful, exciting. You know, I, I learned the investment world through essentially the, these early stage uh, businesses or privatization situations where it was really a, an odd time to be in a specific microcosm of types of transactions. And so given that I focused a lot on early stage and given that I also saw some magical things happen where you could invest in something, create a great return, but see some massive impact. It was way before impact was even, you know, kind of coined. Pharmajet had all of those attributes where if we were able to get rid of needle hazards and frankly, needle avoidance, lots of people don't like needles. If we could do that and we could focus on immunization, which is a global standard of care, we could really make a difference in the world. So it was with all those kind of great intentions and then a family background that my mother and I actually co-founded PharmaJet. So uh, we had on one side healthcare experience and then on the other side, investment management experience with early stage development. So you spent all this time in private equity. And as you say, you have this sort of uh, family background in science and biology. What led you and your mother to do this? I mean, how did you come up with this idea, which, you know, seems like it would be a solution for everybody in the world, injection-free vaccines. That sounds perfect. How did you come up with this idea? We actually rose to the occasion of addressing the World Health Organization call for action. So from time to time, they basically say to the world, could somebody please do this? So in this case, for needle-free they had used a really old technology that was developed in the 50s and 60s by the U.S. government over time to immunize hundreds of millions of people and actually eradicate smallpox. But that device, which was a little scary, looked like a machine gun, had a, a metal tip on it, and it was pneumatic in force. And so in combination, kind of one fluid path, they would go from patient to patient, and potentially it lacerated tissue. But the end of that injector contributed to cross-contamination of things like hepatitis, HIV. So it was actually banned from use in the 90s. Wow. And then the WHO witnessed a very significant amount of needle reuse, 40 to 70%, depending upon the country. 
and in some cases uh, use needles cultivated from garbage dumps. And so they had a shout out to the world. Could somebody please develop a needle-free technology for immunization that essentially eliminated the risk of reuse? We rose to that occasion, and um, there's been a lot of history there, and we can certainly tell you about our development, but we still collaborate with the, the WHO, and it's really exciting to look back and see how far we've come because we are the only WHO pre-qualified needle-free technology in the world. And then we also are part of their global polio eradication initiative as the device of choice uh, to be able to help eradicate that disease. Wow, that's kind of unbelievable. So tell us the kind of journey of developing this and kind of where you are and where you were when COVID came onto the scene. It's, you know, kind of careful what you wish for. Although I, nobody wants to have a pandemic, it made <laughs> PharmaJet very, very relevant. You know, all of a sudden the whole world woke up and said, you're right, immunization is linked to global prosperity and the health and welfare and productivity of people. So um, we had amassed already a number of achievements that provided the credibility for us to collaborate with a number of companies. So just the quick snapshot of where we are, we have two device platforms, fully scaled, regulatory clearance for all three tissue depths. We are registered in 42 countries and have all key credentials like FDA, CE, Mark, WHO, lots of patents. And then we had already been used in more than 60 clinical studies with more than 70 underway. So a lot of data including clinical claims, uh, meaning that, you know, we've proven safety, efficacy, non-inferiority, and sometimes superiority in immune response. So as a bucket of kind of credibility, we then um, amassed more than 18 COVID collaboration partners in the world during the course of last year. And while not all of them will make it to the market, one now has accelerated and is in the middle of their phase three study. And we're scaling to a, a level of about 250 million uh, needle-free shots for them currently. So we're extraordinarily excited. But even more than that, part of PharmaJet's value is that we've been able to prove that in a certain kind of vaccine, nucleic acid vaccine, so messenger RNA and DNA, which are now household names, that we make those vaccines typically work better, several-fold higher immune response versus needles. So this particular partner that we have has chosen our intradermal product. So in other words, less vaccine injected into the skin versus the muscle. And then a DNA candidate where it has no cold chain issues and consequently will be positioned as probably the lowest cost vaccine in the entire world that can serve basically any market um, because it, again, doesn't have massive cold chain challenges like the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So we're very, very excited. And there may be more that come to market and or we may be included in other uh, vaccine approvals as an alternative method of administration. But it's really exciting times for us. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, did you ever think, uh, looking back, that you could have this level of impact? I mean, you talked about your 20 years of private equity, you know, after the wall came down. But did you ever think you would be responsible for this level of impact? <laughs> No, I, I honestly, you know, realized or realized when we started that there was no way we were going to replace needles everywhere. But gosh, if we can make an impact, wouldn't that be important? And yet the glimmer of making vaccines work better 
became a repeating theme for us. And so our entire team of Fremajet people, which are just unbelievably qualified folks, medical device professionals and engineers and clinicians and things like that. I think the entire team we have and our investor base realizes that we are at this pivotal moment right now where um, we can set such massive precedents in the world and bringing forward solutions that don't exist. So besides COVID and, and particularly, again, a nucleic acid vaccine and cancer therapies, we have more than 140 distinct development programs with about 60 pharmaceutical partners in the world where eventually when these developments may come to market, they might not work with needles at all. So we can actually create a kind of a new paradigm. Uh, Again, we're not going to replace needles everywhere by any means, but we can certainly help facilitate uh, addressing diseases that don't today have treatments or cures. We'll be back with Seneca's Made by Women after this short break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com. Well, you certainly have accomplished a tremendous amount and what you're tackling is pretty enormous. I've got to believe, I mean, the way you talk about it, it sounds really obviously so methodical and well thought through, but I can only imagine how hard it is to change systems like this. (laughs) What has that been like? Well, there um, are a bunch of PharmaJet fans that have been certainly lending us helping hands over time. But the truth is, is if I told you that we could reduce the dose of your vaccine by 80% by moving from the muscle to the skin, and you're the person who's supposed to sell a lot of that vaccine, 
you might not be so excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Um, But if I talk to the person who works in your company that's in the laboratory that's creating brand new things, you might be really excited about that. So we have been able to find a path forward where we collaborate with um, large pharma, small pharma, academic, and NGO, and then uh, government organizations. Because, for instance, in the United States government, we have several collaborations where they're developing vaccines um, in, in some of their laboratories. So we, we just keep on and keep on trying to make sure that we do the right thing and find extra value for someone. And that tends to work out in the sense that if we can lower the cost of delivery, if we can make an impact and or we can make something work that might not work very well with needles, somewhere somebody's going to find value in that. And that's why I think that uh, particularly with these novel developments, we'll find that PharmaJet becomes the only solution in certain cases, including uh, cancer treatments where we see one of our partnerships, um, cancer disappear altogether. And it doesn't work with needles. Wow. That's also incredible. So, you know, in these kind of darker moments when you have to face, you know, there's always difficult moments in entrepreneurship, but I can only imagine, to your point, when you're trying to convince people who, you know, will be somehow losing the ability to sell more vaccine at higher doses. I mean, what what do you do in those difficult times and who do you turn to? I guess you've co-founded it with your mother, which is pretty unique. But what do you do to get through those times? Um, well, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because she's, of course, my go-to person to whine. Um, and everybody has the right to, to find, you know, their, their best buddy to, to just call and, and say how excited they are or how sad or disappointed they are. <laughs> so it hasn't been completely easy along the way. And there have been some setbacks that we've weathered. Um, but I think because I'm a glass half full person on and the market opportunity is so profound uh, that, yeah, you you have to shoot high and and if you get only halfway there, I mean, look, look at the progress, right? You have to appreciate the progress that's been made. And then I think underlying all of this, it's not just because we came up with an idea and thought it was cool. There's a lot of science and rigor and regulatory um, that goes with this. And if our device didn't stand on its own, we absolutely wouldn't be in, in a place where we are today. So uh, I like to use the analogy of, you know, cars. We've all been driving cars for a really long time, and yet the technology today enables people to drive electric and hybrid cars. So we're kind of like that. Uh, it's it's not that everybody's going to be driving an electric or hybrid car. Not everybody's going to be using needle-free, but there's a really significant role we can play, and that's what keeps us going and invigorated. And I'd say also, too, we destined or maybe defined, I guess, our approach to global immunization. The vast majority of immunization volumes are outside the United States. I think there's about 1.5 million children born each year in the U.S. and compared to about 140 million everywhere else. So consequently, if a child is not provided with a certain standard number of immunizations, about six of them, Chances are they won't make it or they will be severely affected by a disease. Can't walk, can't see, can't hear, which drags down the economic welfare of a family and a community. So for us to be able to um, provide basic you know, health care through immunization, needle-free in a safe manner, anywhere in the world, 
uh, contributes to everybody because uh, disease is borderless, as we all know, because of COVID, of course. So that's also part of the reason why we do what we do. At the end of the day, we want to make a huge difference, a huge impact to the world. So you've participated in Springboard Enterprises, which is really a network for women entrepreneurs. How has that been important to you and PharmaJet? You know, I, I have nothing but amazingly wonderful praise for Springboard. Uh, and I'm so excited that they've been able to connect us here today. Uh, Kay Kaplovitz and Amy Millman and everyone else that, you know, helps look after not only you know, new classes, but alumni just do an extraordinary job of lifting people up. And when we applied to the Springboard Network was 2009, class of 2009. It was in a pivotal time for us because we had one of our first real use cases after our first FDA approval uh, during H1N1 with Homeland Security. And it was joy to be able to tell everybody that not only, you know, did we create it, but it works, it works, it works, and it's in use. But that pivotal moment for us gave us the aha of this will have a future. We saw that we could get extra doses out of the vials. We've engineered out all the waste, um, more people standing in the needle-free line, et cetera, et cetera, faster patient processing, and needle-phobic people willing to, to take a shot. So coming back to Springboard, we were on stage at that time in front of investors. Now, the timing was mismatched because the world had crashed and Many of the investors actually weren't investing money, but it was a, an uplifting time where we were then incorporated in as many springboard networks and um, events that we might or might not be able to, to take advantage of by virtue of being an alumni. And um, the fact that they coordinate and not only uh, help match make, um, but but really solicit engagement from the alumni network to reach out and support each other as well as, you know, kind of new class members, I think has created a, an, a stunning organization that stands on its own with amazing statistics of really generating successful um, investments and returns and businesses. And then, of course, generated by or led by women. And and it today is an obvious thing to talk about supportive women, but it wasn't so obvious not so long ago. So I think that their bold leadership has, has really created a, a precedent that's just a shining star and a shining example. So I'm very, very proud to be a Springboard alum. So for women out there who are listening to the show and they're thinking about starting their own company, is there something that you would share right now, especially in these difficult times, about how to look forward? Uh, you said you're a glass full person. How do you tackle something this big as starting your own company when it's not always so easy? I would say that under all circumstances, it's never easy and it's really scary. So being bold and getting past that fear, um, obviously, is one, one aspect. But the second one is probably, you know, it's it's not that just because you're a woman, uh, means that you should have support. It's probably that because your idea has merit, it deserves support. And I'm one to say, I think that women work harder. I think that they have a different quotient of emotional intelligence that they add to their business, you know, focus, but it doesn't mean that it's only about women, right? It's about a, a, a movement behind a business activity. So one of the pieces of advice would be, well, one, make sure you're 
your idea stands on its own. Uh, two, gather the best group of supporters together that you can can gather, whether or not that's some seed capital, friends and family, family members believe in you, they know you'll work your butt off. But um, along the way, double and triple check, because it's we're in a, this unprecedented time of being able to quickly develop ideas, launch best practice, learn from others, this you know stunning pace of innovation. And yet at the same time, we're also in an interesting time where things change so fast that before you know it, you may have either missed the boat or if you're not fast enough in, in you know, kind of modifying your trajectory appropriately that, that somebody might run you over. So it's, it's not to be taken, you know, lightly at all. Um, but if you have organizations like a springboard that serve again as an, a shining example of holding very deserving, uh, promising ideas and women up, I think that's where you, where one would should gravitate, learn from others. And, and typically, from my perspective, 80% of everything is showing up. And then the rest is really hard work. So I don't know that anybody would say it differently, but that's my perspective. None of it, of what we've developed has been easy, but if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. And it's, it's um, that delicate balance. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining us and really for everything you're doing uh, to tackle this issue. I mean, you are really, it's, it's a true breakthrough and we're excited to follow what happens. Well, thanks. Um, we appreciate you cheering us on. Really, really do. That's invigorating for us. It's exciting for us. I'd like to thank Heather for sharing her incredible story about finding success with PharmaJet. Here are three things I took from the conversation. First, in entrepreneurship, optimism and perseverance are critical to helping you move forward. As Heather says, when the going gets tough, that's the time to look back and appreciate the progress you've already made. Second, focus on the value your product brings to others. For Heather, her pivotal moment came when she was able to show vaccine manufacturers that her device used less vaccine, and that was a good thing. PharmaJet was actually reducing waste and expense for those companies. Finally, surround yourself with people who believe in you and your ideas. Heather advises aspiring entrepreneurs to form a support system through their network and even their family. Finding others who share your vision and share your values can give you the energy you need to move forward. Made by Women is brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that. And even, Checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.
Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.